from Kidfinity, this is Fireflies, the original kids debate show. I'm Noah Golder, your host for today's episode on the future of standardized testing in the United States. Should colleges be forced to prohibit standardized testing scores from their admissions process? And what about state testing in elementary and junior high schools? Is there a better way? All this and more will be covered in today's episode. Welcome to the show. So I'm not sure if you guys heard the recent news, but all eight Ivy League schools, UCs, Caltech, Stanford, MIT, and many top colleges and many colleges in general in the United States are not requiring standardized test scores for the class of 2021 or incoming seniors in high school, according to CNBC. In addition, the University of California College System, which enrolls some 280,000 college students each year, plans to phase out the ACT and SAT in the oncoming years. And this is not a small a decision, of course. I mean, the University of California College System is one of the largest college systems in the United States, and their decision holds a lot of weight in determining what other schools will do in the future. So what is standardized testing? Well, standardized tests are scientifically normed and machine-graded instruments administered to students and adults under controlled conditions to assess capabilities, including knowledge, cognitive, skills and abilities, and aptitude, according to the U.S. Department of Education. Essentially, it's supposed to put everyone on an equal playing field and compare the relative performance of individual students or groups of students. So you may be asking, what are some examples of standardized testing? Well, in high school, there is the SAT and ACT, which I mentioned before. And these two tests are run by College Board, a non-for-profit organization that is not related to the government. Today, roughly 2 million students in the U.S. take the SAT each year, according to CNBC. But there isn't just the SAT and ACT and the tests run by College Board. There is also state testing in every state. And I'm sure many of you guys have experienced this. It's basically where the national government gives jurisdiction to each state to manage their own state testing. So, for example, in California, there is the SBAC. And in other states, there might be other standardized tests. And these are usually administered to elementary schoolers, junior high schoolers, and usually one or two of those tests in high school. And those are run by the government, not by a college board or by another private organization. There is also graduate school testing, like the bar exam, which law students take, or the GMAT, which business students take. But we won't get too much into those because today we're going to be mostly focusing on state testing and standardized testing in college admissions. So as I said before, most standardized tests were not administered this year in many systems. And this is basically causing everyone to rethink standardized testing as a whole and find new ways to improve it. Before we begin this episode on standardized testing, I actually have a few important announcements to make. So after this episode, we will be featuring a new guest host on Fireflies because I will be moving into more of a management role in the company that manages this podcast, Kidfinity. I will still be involved with Fireflies production, and I truly enjoyed my time as its host. 
I'm sure you guys will have a great time with the new host and the future debaters, and I wish you all the best. You can sign up to be a host or debater on kidfinity.co slash fireflies, and the link will be posted in the podcast description. As always, I encourage you to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. Now, let's get into the debate. Joining me now are Grace Marchant, 17, and Savannah Keller, 15. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Doing well. Yeah. Doing so, well. as you know, today we're going to debate the future of standardized testing. And this is something that has been talked about a lot uh, recently um, with, you know, even state testing being uh, not postponed, but um, actually taken out of this year. And, you know, the SATs, ACTs, a lot of colleges are suspending the requirements for the incoming seniors, actually, this, this year. So I'm sure you guys have taken many standardized tests in your lifetime. And today we're going to go talk about some of the experiences and you guys' views on standardized tests in general. So the first question that I have for you guys is, should the United States prohibit colleges from requiring standardized test scores for admission? And this can really be simplified into, should colleges be allowed to require standardized test scores for admission? Grace, I'll give you this question first. All right, awesome. So when we're looking at standardized tests and why in the first place colleges decide to require them, it often comes from the idea of it's a test under pressure of how students perform, how they perform under pressure, and how they can understand an overall concept of different ideas and different subjects and different curriculums. But at the end of the day, what really ends up happening is it puts certain students at a much lower disadvantage, especially those of low-income communities, especially SATs and the AP tests in general, which are a form of standardized tests that I would classify it as, they really defeat the point of learning from knowledge within schools and end up just teaching to a test and focusing on those curriculums rather than understanding different things and understanding new knowledge and having basically room for inquiry in the classroom. And then lastly, of course, standardized tests put a lot of stress on students as it is a one-time situation in which they're being tested on their vast knowledge of whether it's a year-round course for AP tests or essentially any prep that they've done for SATs in, or ACTs in English, math, and science. So Grace at this point is saying that colleges should not be able to require standardized test scores for admission because they cause a lot of test anxiety, disadvantage lower-income students, and put too much attention on the test itself rather than traditional school learning, or basically promote, quote, teaching to the test. For ACTs and, and uh, SATs, students that have more money, their families have more money, might be able to take that test more times, and they might be able to pay for test prep, which could allow them to perform better in the tests. And then, you know, anxiety with the stress, um, that's always something that comes up in any sort of test, right? So. Savannah, do you have anything to uh, respond to Grace? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the AP test that you brought up and the test prep questions, as soon as you register for an AP test, College Board automatically gives you free test prep questions Mm. that you can go and answer whenever you have free time. And I'm aware that not everybody has internet connection at home, of course. But if they're going to take the test, they must have internet connection somewhere. So whether that be at school, they could take lunchtime and go into the library or ask permission to use the computers during lunch or recess or whatever. Teachers 
clearly need to do better at preparing everybody for their tests. So, mm -hmm. so Savannah, you're saying that there, there is a way for these students still to uh, perform well, even if you know they're working a job or they have after school activities or they might not have, it might be harder for them to have access to internet connection. You're saying there's mm -hmm. still a way, but it is definitely harder for them to, to succeed in these tests. And then Savannah, you also wanted to bring in something about how if standardized test scores or ACTs and, AC, uh, ACTs and SATs are taken out of the requirements, there might be an increased impact on GPAs, right? And increased weight on GPAs. Yeah, so if colleges were to completely take out the standardized test in admissions, the GPA would be weighed much, much heavier and it would put much more stress on students throughout the year. Yeah, I actually have uh, some data on that. So in a study using data from 12,500 students from the Education Longitudinal Study of 2002, researchers concluded that math teachers had a less positive perception of the academic abilities of Latino and Black students compared to white students, causing a 0.2 reduction in GPA. So GPA also can be skewed. I mean, it's not just, you know, SATs and ACTs that kind of have a disproportional effect on minorities and disadvantaged communities. I mean, it's also GPAs could have some sort of effect. I don't think it's as pronounced, I would say, as in standardized testing, but there definitely is something to consider where GPAs aren't a accurate depiction of what the student's knowledge. Um, Grace, do you have anything to respond? So if we're looking at the data that you just stated about how especially people of color within school districts may have a lower GPA, mm -hmm. a 0.2 reduction actually is extremely significant when it comes down to GPAs that mm -hmm. can set people apart. Like a 4.4, for example, yeah. is weighted so much heavier than a 4.2 and it's seen as such a huge difference. So that's a really difficult situation to examine because at the end of the day, the biases of teachers that may be inherent bias within one smaller system. Mm. But at the same time, when you have the SAT and the ACT system, that as a whole, that entire system is working against people of lower socioeconomic classes. So more magnified, is everything. Definitely. I think okay. when you're looking like at the situation, GPA, this is a clear issue, and this is a clear problem that is present within the school district. However, when you're looking at the entire system of the SAT, ACT, and pretty much any college board run course as a whole, that's a much more impacted system, putting pressure on these students and causing them mm. to succeed less as a whole. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it's just, you know, one system that might have that problem in terms of GPAs, but, you know, GPAs might not necessarily just be skewed uh, because of teachers' bias. It also might be skewed because some teachers just tend to give more points for a certain assignment, you know, and that happens. I'm sure you guys have had all, all had experiences with that where this teacher is, you know, is quote, you know, super easy and they give, they'll give good grades, right? And so that I believe is something that goes on in nationwide, you know. And I also wanted to bring up something that, you know, um, standardized test scores are part of an entire, they call it holistic process, basically colleges take into account a plethora of different factors, you know, and m many colleges do take into account your socioeconomic status uh, in that process. They take in, you know, GPAs, extracurriculars, and all of those things. And then SATs, ACTs, AP tests are just a certain portion uh, of that whole entire process, right? Grace, did you have anything else to add on? Sure. So especially this year, this is an, inter well, this coming enrollment year is going to be really interesting to see how 
standardized tests impacts admissions because this is the first year that a very wide group of schools, the entire UC system, and then also a lot of private colleges throughout the country are running on a optional SAT, ACT system and an optional standardized mm -hmm. test score system. So we don't really quite have the information as of right now, but when a single test is tending to weigh down lower someone's entire holistic average, I feel like this can become a little bit broader of an issue because when you're writing about a college application, if you have a smaller question that was about a struggle within your own certain school, you can talk about your struggle with a certain teacher and trying to find balance within the classroom because that's a reasonable explanation. And they also have a place on the UC apps where you can write down any comments that you want to add about a certain grade or a certain class that you took or a certain class you didn't take. And then when you're looking at the SAT and ACT, however, because everyone's taking it the exact same way and it's essentially a one test compared to every individual classroom and school environment's different, you can't quite make the excuse that I just have really bad test anxiety or I was at a disadvantage because college board or colleges as a whole are when you look at everyone else has that exact same disadvantage or everyone else within your certain group has that same disadvantage. Mm. Um, so basically what you're saying is GPAs give you an easier chance to talk about those disadvantages, whereas most colleges don't give you an area to talk about your disadvantage in the, in the SAT or ACT. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and okay. Because colleges understand that every school is different, every school teaches differently, they'll understand if there's a certain variation within a certain course at a school compared to mm -hmm. another school. For example, one math class at a certain school might be weighed a lot heavier than a math class mm -hmm. at another school. And it's not the matter of how well the students perform, it's the matter of the teacher grading them. However, when the SAT and the ACT are all the same few versions of the test being administered, it's a little bit different because it's not necessarily leniency, it's how you perform to the test. You're sort of bringing up the part that's like, you know, teaching to the test as well, right? But shouldn't colleges at least be given a choice to include the standardized testing if it's uh, going to benefit the, their students, the students that they accept? So, you know, if you have like, like an MIT, right, and they're based on math and science, shouldn't they at least be given the choice to, you know, uh, administer to, to require like, you know, for example, ACT scores, uh, which uh, take into account, which have a math and science section? And now, Savannah, you wanted to talk... Uh, a little bit about that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely think that those score the colleges should be able to pick if they want to require them. Mm -hmm. For example, a school such as Juilliard, which is a performing arts school, would have less use for academic information because most of their majors are of the arts. Whereas schools such as Harvard and Oxford have high academic standards mm -hmm. and the scores need to be taken into consideration. So, you know, you're saying that some schools, you know, like an art school might not need to have a standardized a test or they might have a different sort of weight on those standardized tests. So maybe they won't require these standardized tests. Right. But some schools, you know, like you know Harvard or, you know, like Caltech or MIT might need these scores. So, I mean, we talked about how there definitely there definitely is a problem with the standardized test scores. In Grace, you believe that standardized test scores, because of those problems like disadvantaging students and then the anxiety generated from the test, you believe that overall these colleges should not be allowed to require these standardized tests at all for admission, right? And then, and then Savannah, you think that they at least should be given a choice in terms of, you know, like MIT or Caltech, you know, they 
because they're more related to these tests, do you think that the students should be better prepared for these tests, right? So they have a chance. And then you also mentioned how GPAs might possibly be skewed by, by bias and then also like, you know, teachers themselves, right? We know that the SATs and standardized testing aren't perfect, right? So do you guys have a, like, any suggestions for how it could be improved or how we could sort of transition? Yeah, Grace? So something I also wanted to quickly bring up and touch on that uh-huh. I think bring into a transitioning point for this is there are SAT subject tests which cost less than the actual SAT and are mm-hmm. focused toward a certain group of students who want to show their academic ability on those tests. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you have a student who is going to MIT or Caltech or want to apply there, mm-hmm. they can take a certain science subject test or a certain mathematics subject test. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's showing their success in that area, but then isn't putting them at a disadvantage, perhaps if they perform poorly on an English portion of the ACT or SAT, well, the ACT, since the ACT has a science portion and a mathematics portion. So overall, if the generalized standardized test was eliminated, you can fall back on subject tests or you can fall back on other sort of primary knowledge tests to show that they do have Mm. the same sort of understanding of the concepts while focusing more on what they are in tune to academically. Mm, Yeah, it's definitely a really good idea. You know, SAT subject tests are technically still standardized tests, but Mm -hmm. they might not make students go through the whole process of an SAT or an ACT. It's just a subject test, which is going to be a lot shorter as well. And then there's also that the possibility where schools can maybe make their own tests. So depending on what those schools are looking for, they could, you know, create their own tests. And then students, you know, depending on what school they want to apply for, might not even have to take the SAT or ACT. Uh, Savannah, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. So in my opinion, I feel like it would be a fantastic idea to keep the scores in admissions, but allow the colleges to be able to look at the actual test itself. For example, MIT, as you said, math and science are what they're about, but the test has math, science, and English. So if they didn't do as well on the English questions as they did on the math and science questions, I feel like the college should be able to look at that and say, oh, they have what we're looking for. Instead of looking at the score as a whole, they should be able to look at the actual test. So yeah, that kind of is similar to what Grace is talking about with the subject tests, mm-hmm. right? So Savannah, in your case, what you're suggesting is that is everyone still going to be required to take the test? I feel like, as I said earlier, depending on what school it is and what the intended uh-huh. majors are, mm-hmm. the college should be able to decide. But I feel like everybody should take the test. I do also feel like mm-hmm the student should have a choice whether or not to submit their test scores into admissions. For example, if you're going to Juilliard, but you wanted to submit your high test score, it could just be used as an advantage, but not a required part of your admission. What she's saying is, looking at the question here of the first one being, should the US prohibit colleges from requiring standardized tests? versus requiring, I think what she's trying to take on here is they shouldn't prohibit because the opportunity to take the test is greater than getting rid of it as a whole and still provide some students with advantages. Exactly. I feel like this is walking a fine line, however, because if you require it in some ways, I think this would be also a very interesting development to watch 
as application results are going to come out at the end of this next application term yeah. for students because there are going to be students this year who are going to optionally submit their SAT or ACT scores mm -hmm. who may have strong SAT scores or ACT scores. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to the matter of there was no March SAT. So the only students who could have taken this who are incoming seniors are if they took the October, November, December SAT. So these students more likely are students that have more of an opportunity to take the test multiple times because mm -hmm. you wouldn't just take the test and be unprepared for the test often with the struggle of walking into junior year with multiple AP classes and long summer projects where you might not have time necessarily to be in-depthly studying for the SAT or ACT. When you're going in and taking that test as a practice in November or December, that shows that these students took it because they're at a financial advantage to be able to take the test multiple times. So the students who were not able to take the test before to take it as a practice and we're planning on taking their one and only SAT in March, May, June, etc. Uh -huh. um, this is putting those students at a disadvantage because they don't have the score to provide as a boost to their application as some yeah. other students may have. And that goes back to the idea of it's disadvantaging lower socioeconomic students. Uh -huh. Yeah, I definitely see that the, the point you're making there with um, even though that it could be useful at some times, um, it still it still leaves that lingering point there that it, it is going to disadvantage the socioeconomic disadvantaged communities. And so standardized testing isn't just, you know, SATs, ACTs, AP tests, all these these tests for college, right? Um, it also is state testing. You know, you have these elementary schools, elementary, junior high, and then they're also in, in many states, there actually is one year where high school students do have to actually participate in the state testing, which is different from those required for college admissions. So how is the debate different with state testing as opposed to ACTs and SATs and college required standardized test scores? Savannah, what's your take on that? I feel like primary and secondary state testing are completely different tests than the mm -hmm. standardized test that college use. State testing gauges one's level of knowledge on state standards, which are drastically different from those of undergraduate schools. You know, college admissions touch on all standard material that you were to learn from middle school until high school. And in addition, state testing is compared to the state standards for respective grades, which is much lower than that of universities and colleges. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, you know, it's it's more related to the government, right? You know, um, of course, they have it's two completely different standards, and there's really no comparison between them. Mm, okay, they still are technically standardized tests. So in that regard, right. there is a comparison, and and especially during this time with both of these standardized test scores, both in state testing and in college admission. Uh, mm -hmm. they're both being uh, taken out or at least not being required uh, in this case. So state testing, as you were talking about, is more related to the government and the state itself, whether, whether you know, college admission testing and standardized testing is more related to the private colleges. Right. Grace, you have something to say? So when we're looking at the state standardized tests themselves, mm -hmm. there's a lot of political history behind there that overall still disadvantages a lot of communities. During Obama's presidency, his secretary of education believed that there needs to be a little bit more emphasis on standardized testing as a whole. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they administered the ESSA, which essentially mandated that the government would take control of standardized tests and 
mandate them in all states in order to help provide relief and money to the schools that have lower test averages in order to help bring them up to a higher national level, mm. eventually giving equity to the situation. However, in 2017, this was rolled back by the current administration, and now every state is in charge of their own jurisdiction. So state tests in California, for example, have a much different precedent than, than for example, maybe New York, even Texas, Arizona. Mm, so okay. California, our certain system that we have now is depending on how well the school does on state tests, they get funding to the schools themselves. But California still does have a law where if they perform so low that those schools can actually be shut down and those students can be mm. transferred to another school, another school or another school district while theirs is being mended to fix the education. Mm. And this puts students at a huge dis disadvantage based on the scores from the test itself. So while this may have a sense of helping students be placed within colleges or have an advantage in that sense, overall, this does come back to the point of the entire standardized testing system, no matter where you look at it, has inherent class bias rooted within it. Mm, okay, so you're bringing it back to the, the issue with some areas, you know, might not have the same uh, learning capabilities as others. And this could like completely take away funding from that area. And you don't think that that's something that is right, you know? Yeah, because especially okay. if those students get displaced from their area, that could cause them to have to go larger distances to different schools, which overall mm. is going to put a hindrance, especially in lower socioeconomic mm. areas, and can also increase class tensions within the classroom itself. This can overall perform a lower benefit, a lesser benefit to the students, because mm. what is happening is if they have to travel farther for school, this can put them at a huge disadvantage to their own families, but also to their education as a whole when their school and their school environments. Uh, yeah, so the big difference about state testing and college admission standardized test scores is that state testing is more evaluating the whole group, I, I would say, whereas right. college standardized testing is evaluating individ each individual person. So in terms of that, there actually are a few more alternatives to state testing rather than college admission testing. So for example, I have an NPR article here and they mentioned that there are four possible alternatives for these state tests. And one of them is sample sizing, which is basically taking a, a certain portion of the school rather than having everyone do the test and get stressed out by the test. And then there's also, they also mentioned that you could have multiple measures, you know, not necessarily standardized tests, but they could have like emotional or social surveys and, you know, game-based questions. And I'm just wondering, what do you guys think about those possible solutions? And do you guys have any other ideas? Savannah? Yeah, I think that is a pretty good alternative if everybody decided that standardized tests were going to be taken out, which I still don't feel like it's a very good idea. But I do feel like that would be a good alternative, especially with the emotional part, because if we're in a bad area and the students don't feel safe at the school or anything like that, that also can greatly affect test scores and everything like that. So I think that's a really good alternative, only taking a few of the best scoring students. That way it can prevent what Grace said with um, defunding and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Grace, do you have anything else to add? So with the smaller sample size as a whole, what this also helps to is relieve a little bit of the test apathy within the school itself. So also with different multiple measures of testing itself and taking the test-based question itself away from state testing where you are learning to the test and it's a one or done test on knowledge 
if you are able to incorporate more logic and more reasoning to those tests, where people can show off their different academic strengths and different learning strengths, that's also where the test will show more benefit to the students because not everyone learns the same way and not everyone applies their skills the same way. Some people think a lot better logically, some people think better straightforward. So as a whole, you can still see the understanding of students come through while other students aren't put at a disadvantage for not being able to understand a certain way. So you're saying, you know, that some kids might have the chance to demonstrate their abilities, but that shouldn't disadvantage the other kids who don't perform as well on those or, you know, or don't, don't take away funding from those certain schools, right? So something else that I was thinking of uh, when you were talking about that is that maybe these tests, because a big problem with these state tests is that kids get really stressed out by this and they feel a lot of pressure. And, and I'm one of those kids. Whenever there was a state <laughs> test, I was, I'd always be worried about it the night before. And something else that is interesting is that maybe that maybe people or sorry, the government could collect this data over time, maybe not necessarily in a single test. Maybe it could be just like, you know, looking at, um, you know, some of your grades, looking at some of, uh, you know, other indicators, like, you know, maybe something, and it's and maybe something more fun too, right? So mm -hmm. I was talking about a game-based measure, right? So maybe you don't have a test, but you have, you know, a logic game, which, and, and people don't administer as a test. It's more of like people, maybe they don't call it a test, so kids don't uh, feel nervous or anything. It's kind of like a, you know, a stealth, a stealth mm -hmm. test. Is, is that was something you would call it? Do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I do. Um, something that I actually discovered last year when I mm -hmm. transferred to homeschooling homeschoolers do not need to take state tests. We do need to register for state tests and be there. But honestly, a lot of people I know just click random answers and submit the test mm, because yeah. the, the state testing is completely political and it has everything to do with funding. And in my opinion, nothing mm. to do with kids' knowledge. Mm. Yeah, definitely the, the testing apathy is a big problem. There are some kids that just, you know, like you said, just click through a bunch of answers and that shouldn't determine whether the school gets funding or not, right? Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely also a big problem with these state tests. All right, I think our time is up. So thank you so much for coming on. I really yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Discussion. Thank you for having us. What do you guys think of the debate? In general, Grace believes that the U.S. should prohibit all colleges from acquiring standardized test scores because they disadvantage lower-income students, promote teaching to the test, and cause large amounts of stress. While Savannah believes that colleges should have the option to require standardized test scores because they provide an academic factor in addition to GPAs, and some schools would benefit from the extra academic information. As part of a possible solution, Grace also mentioned placing more emphasis on the SAT subject tests. In addition, they both pointed out problems with state testing, including unjustified school defunding and test apathy. And we explored possible solutions for state testing, including logic-based games and sample sizing. Thanks so much to the debaters, Grace Martin and Savannah Keller, to the founder of this podcast, Benjamin Wong, and to the audio editor for this episode, Talia Rahman. I encourage you guys to check out Kidfinity's other podcast, Kid CEO, which is hosted by Benjamin Wong. In addition, it would really help us if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if possible. And it would also help if you guys filled out a survey that will be posted soon on the Kidfinity website. Thanks. The views expressed in this episode 
do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Fireflies podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a productive week.